This is episode 750 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. I said 50 with the, the 7 before, so it's 750. It's not just the 50th episode, but it's the 750th episode, which feels like it should be a big deal, that I should make more of a big deal of it, and maybe have a celebration and make this episode exciting and interesting and special in some way. But I, of course, didn't know such thing. I'm not even waiting to record this until after the Game Awards, so this is really just going to be a normal podcast where I talk about what I've been playing, and that's about it. I'll talk about some movies as well and Attack the Backlog stuff. I don't know if I said my name already. I am Marcus Nez, and yeah, that is what you can look forward to with this episode where I talk about Killer Chambers, Monster Sanctuary, Unto the End, Haven, Call of the Sea, Evolution, and Doom 2016. <laughs> I don't know what that laugh is. That sounded bad. But, uh, yeah. I could have waited until after the Game Awards, but I am not really excited about finding out who won or anything like that. So talking about the winners wouldn't mean anything to me. And there could be some cool announcements, but I can't think of anything that would be so cool for me that it would be willing that it would be willing that I would be willing to talk about or want to talk about I don't know what could possibly be announced that I would be so jazzed about so pumped about that I just needed to talk about it right away or at all the the only announcements that I'm kind of hoping for but even them aren't, even they aren't, I can't talk. Even they aren't uh, announcements that I would be like, yeah, I need to tell everyone about these and how excited I am for them are the announcement that all the other Yakuza games are coming to Xbox. I want that to be a thing. I don't see how that isn't a thing at some point. Would it be nice to have it announced at the Game Awards? Yes, but I don't think that is probable or anything. I just think it is possible because it's not like a huge announcement. I don't think we're going to get any huge announcements at the Game Awards. But that would be great. And it would also be great to see Persona 3 announced for Steam and or other platforms as well. In addition to Persona 4 Golden finally being announced for Switch, PS4. And I would love to see it on Xbox One as well. I would love to see... Both those games, Persona 3 and 4, available on everything because they are two of my favorite games of all time. Persona 3 is in my top 10 and Persona 4 is in my top 25. I love them and I would just love for as many people as possible to have access to them and be able to play them because they're fantastic. So those are like the two announcements I can think of that could happen that I'm excited for. So... Why talk about it after the fact? Well, it's better to talk about it now before I know anything so that I could just look like a fucking idiot when nothing is announced or either huge things happen that I was like, no, nothing big is going to happen. And then it's like, oh, wait, PT is coming to PlayStation 5 for real 
and everyone can get it. It'll cost you $70, though, and no additional content has been added. It's just the same thing, but now you can actually play it on your PlayStation 5 for $70. That would be that'd be great news. Anywho, let's just get on to what I've been playing. And I'm going to start with Killer Chambers, because I always just start in the order of the way I talk about these games, because I'm literally looking at the list of them in front of me and they are in the order that i said them earlier so why would i go out of order that would be weird all of these games are played on xbox one except for evolution which is probably on steam as well but i played on switch and it is a digital version of the board game of the same name i'll get to that when i get to that anywho so killer chambers is a platform puzzle game where you are locked in these small single screen areas that as you play more and more they will change a little bit so you'll have like little columns that are in the way or little boxes in the middle that you can jump on and stuff like that and the way it works is that think of it like a traditional rogue light game where you're moving from room to room to room to room to reach the final boss or whatever and then just continue on with this forever and ever and ever but instead of attacking enemies and stuff like that what you're doing is trying to stay alive within the time limit so there'll be a little hourglass thing on the screen and you need to survive until all the sand reaches the bottom and while this is happening There'll be traps coming at you. There'll be arrows shooting at you from all sides, left, right, up, and down. And you will have to avoid them by either, like if the room has multiple gaps and like columns, you'd call them walls, you can hide behind them or under them and avoid them that way. You can jump over them, of course. You can duck under them if they're not too low and yeah it's it's probably maybe 30 or so seconds per room that you have to survive if you do die you have to start over from the very beginning so part of it will be or part of it is memorization based and just remembering the pattern of each room if you die enough times a room will get cursed and then you'll have to play through the curse which is a little bit more challenging maybe but it's still just the same pattern based system and that's from what i play that's pretty much all there is to it you can with money earned and gems earned purchase items that can make it a little bit easier for you you have hats that you can wear that'll give you certain bonuses like being able to take one headshot uh, per level and stuff like that is nice you have bombs that you can use to destroy all the arrows on the screen uh, at one time. Uh, but it's it's a pretty simple game with a pretty basic pixel art. But it, it's good. It's challenging. It may frustrate a lot of people. And it may frustrate a lot of people very early on. But it is one important to know that you can use bombs. They're, they're relatively cheapish 
And yeah, it, it is just pattern based. Like that is really all there is to it, because it, the 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 pattern of the way traps come in at you is never different. So if you if you are good at pattern recognition, you will be great at this game. But it's it's fine. Uh, I, I enjoyed my time with it, but it it didn't do much to to grab me in the sense that like. What I played was enjoyable, but I didn't feel a drive to just keep playing and playing and playing. And it might be because it is such a simplistic concept that, yeah, it, it gets more complicated with the speed of things, the the level designs where they make them more like, you know, it originally or initially just starts out as a basic square. And then it continues with a basic square. And then it's like, okay, here's a little square in the middle. That you can jump on top of, you can hide underneath, and all that kind of stuff. And then they'll have like here are a few walls in on the bottom that you can hide on the side of, and like the you know the the, the square will start to move and transition into like a top hat type of design. And you could use certain walls to or certain spaces to avoid arrows and stuff like that. You also, you can jump over arrows, like I said, but if you duck and jump, that allows you to jump in between. So the the, the traditional size of, or the, the original size of the, the very first square is four by four. So four arrows can come at any time. You can jump over with your regular jump, two arrows. You can duck under, you, when you're ducking, you can avoid one arrow. So like you ducking, is one arrow of space. When you're standing, that's two arrows. You can jump over two. When you duck and jump, you jump in between the bottom and the top space. So that is like a way to avoid arrows if they're coming at the bottom and the top. It's really simple. The tutorial does a really good job of just telling you the the base mechanics or just everything you need to know about playing the game. Tutorial does a great job of telling you all that. Uh, this store whatever the dialogue is fine it, it's not great or anything but it's, it's whatever but it's a, a decent game and if you're somebody who likes puzzle platformers and you like the idea of having these small little puzzle rooms where it's not about okay i need to make these really impressive jumps and do this specific type of platform where you're locked in a very tight space and you just have to avoid things like if you like if you are a fan of pacifism mode in Geometry Wars or stuff like that. Any kind of game where you're asked to play on defense, like if you like that style of play, uh, defensive style of play, uh, avoidance style of play, then I think you'll probably have a fucking blast with Killer Chambers. Uh, it's it's a, it's a really good one of those. Uh, not that there are like a lot of those that I could think of, but, you know, it's it's a good time. You know, I, I, I just... My my biggest concern is that the legs on it I don't know about. You know, I, not just because your legs get shot off by an arrow, but because you know it just might not last that long. Uh, but you can take as many arrows to the knee as you want, which there's a Easter egg. I was gonna say there's a spoiler of Doom 2016. I'm like, what the fuck am I talking about? No, when I was playing through that, but I'm not gonna get to playing that. Just now, uh, there was an Easter egg. 
for Skyrim and the dude with the arrow in the knee, which was cute. It was funny. Then Monster Sanctuary is basically like Pokemon meets Metroidvania. Uh, it's all 2D, side-scrolling, uh, and it it's pretty fun. It's pretty... like I like a lot about it. My only real issue with it is that initially like a battle will be one against one, but once you build up your team pretty early on, battles will usually be three on three with you picking three of your monsters and, and taking on three other monsters. And that's just small works fine. It's very Pokemon-esque in that you know elements will have better effects on certain monsters and vice versa and all that. So like, you know, a fire creature, a fire monster will do more damage to a plant-based monster than a water-based monster and, and so on. And the, the problem with the combat for me so far, I put a few hours in it, is just that it's a little boring, a little bit slow. It is, at least up until this point, in no way challenging. It is very easy. It's just, And I think that is the, the biggest struggle is that it is so easy, but it still takes its time in getting things done. Whereas in Pokemon, for example, I feel like if a fight is challenging, then there's, there's more strategy to think about. But when a, a fight is easy, it ends real quickly. And that is not the case with these fights. Like, it's just, okay, it's a lot of back and forth. I'm just like, okay, I can already tell by the way this fight is going from the first move that I am going to win. I just have to go through all the rigmarole to get to that point. But ignoring the comment for now, I don't even know if I'll get back to it. I do really like the way the game is set up, though. You get new monsters by defeating monsters, and depending on how well you perform in a fight, you get you get a star rating at the end of every fight. Your your chances of getting a monster egg increase, and when you get a monster egg, you can hatch it. You don't need to like do anything or go to a little shop or whatever to get the egg hatched. You just can go into your inventory, say hatch egg, and you'll hatch it, and then you'll have that monster, name it, and all that good jazz, and. The thing I really like about the or the like the Metroidvania aspect of it that I really like is that with all your monsters, they all have various abilities outside of combat that you can use to your advantage to navigate the world in different ways. So, for instance, I picked the Fire Lion as my starting monster, my ancestral monster, whatever, because I like cats. I, I like fire too. I had a problem with fire when I was a kid. Well, let's not get into it. But they have the ability to slash and discover if there's like a hidden wall, they can destroy it. And they can also slash through vines to get to new spaces. Then I got a slime that could activate these like bubble-based things, whatever. But uh, I eventually got a bird monster and... With that, I was able to use it to, you can like have it help you not glide so much, but like kind of hover, I guess, for a brief period of time to allow you to reach further distances, but it also raises you up 
ever so slightly so you can reach platformers that you could that you would otherwise not be able to and there's another little sluggy looking thing that was able to also like burn vines and, and do a few other things activate fire things and you can switch between these on the fly with i think that it was the d-pad and you just pick one of them to be like your the, the one whose power you're using in the world when you're platforming and all that is the one that you have hanging behind you so you always have one of your little monsters hanging behind you and yeah you go around collecting chests and all that jazz you go to a shop and blah 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 you'll fight a lot of other monsters in hopes of getting new eggs and raising them to be the best they can be the way skills work is that instead of like pokemon where after you know very specific levels they unlock new moves and stuff like that every monster has i believe four different skill trees and you just you know plop skill points into one of these trees when they reach a certain level a new part of the segment of the tree will unlock and stuff like that. And it's just, it's really well put together. I enjoy it quite a bit. Looks nice. I just think that the combat can get a bit tiresome. And it could just be that in long play sessions, it doesn't work as well. But in more bite-sized chunks, it will. Like, I, I love being in the world. I love exploring the world. I love the way I can interact with it with my various monsters and the way they all have their specific benefits and combat is fine it just is a bit tedious for me but i i do think it is a pretty solid game and it came out of nowhere for me i didn't even know this game i thought this game was something else or i, I thought it was going to be something else but when i started playing it I was like, oh, this is what the game is. Huh. And I kept playing it. And like, despite, like, I will say this about the combat and me being a little bit bored by it and just finding it, again, tedious, is that despite not loving the combat, I kept playing the game. I just kept playing it and playing it and playing it. I was like, yeah, okay, I'll, I'll stop after this one. But then I was like, wait, I just finished this fight. That means I'll have a little bit of time to explore. I want to keep exploring this world. I want to see what's next. And yeah, I, I really like the game. I just wish, I wish the comet was something more exciting, more challenging, faster. I don't know. Any mixture of the bunch. I just wish it was something. Because uh, then I, 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 I could have seen this game being, I don't know, maybe in the running for my top 10. Like I, I really had a, a good time with Monster Sanctuary. Then Unto the End is a, rogue ah, light souls like as well but you can get some permanent upgrades so i guess that technically makes it a light but if you say it's a souls like souls games already have permanent upgrades except for what is it called why well, can't i think of the name of it right now the samurai-ish one sekiro sekiro devils die twice something like that sekiro Something dies twice. I don't know. But yeah. Sekiro is the the roguelike of souls likes. <laughs> I don't know. You can get like permanent upgrades, right? And that you just can't upgrade skills. I think you can get like, hey, you now have this ability and shit like that. 
I haven't played that. Get around to it soon. Yes, I will. But Until the End is a side-scrolling 2D boxy aesthetic looking game. I like the look of it. There are areas that are a bit like when you're in the caves, so much of the screen is just black and you can see barely anything, which is a little bit of a bummer. And it is very zoomed out, which can make it difficult to see certain things. Like, I guess your health is shown on your little tiny beard, which is, especially on a 32-inch TV, really small. And I did not even notice that. I could never see that. But you are a man who is... I think trying to find your family because it starts off with a little bit of like, Oh, here's your wife and child and you're going through this world. And yeah, it, it feels like visually and the way the world feels in a way reminds me of something like another world. Uh, you have these monsters in it that you will eventually start fighting. You have a sword and a torch uh, and, can have a dagger uh you the, the the thing about it and it even says this right up front is that everything is very deliberate the combat is very deliberate you can drop your sword during the fight and if you do you'll have to go back and press a button to pick it back up or you'll just get destroyed and i like games like this but i found unto the end frustrating and part of the problem is that the world isn't interesting enough to make up for my frustrations with the combat and the gameplay. So I don't really have a drive to push through those frustrations. And my problem with the kind of like animations are great. The the platforming is annoying in that you'll get to some areas where it's like, okay, where do I go next? I guess I'm just going to keep trying to make this jump or do this, or just see what happens. If I die, whatever, it resets. Like Another thing in a game like this where you could potentially die quite a few times in a row, the load-in is nowhere near as quick as it should be. It's maybe around 10 seconds, and I don't know if that's to create mood and atmosphere, because I feel like it when you die, like fades in, and then fade, or, or fades out, and then fades back in, and I'm just like, I want to get back into this fucking thing already. Just let me do this. But the way combat works is it's it's very... Uh, it's not so much parry-based because you're not parrying, but you're blocking high and low. So you will get to an enemy and they will attack you. You will be able to see. They, they telegraph whether they're attacking high or low. And you have a... Once you get a hang of it, you have a pretty decent amount of time to pick which defense you're going if you're going high or low and you keep blocking their attacks until they tire themselves out basically and then you counter with the opposite so if you block a high attack and and that is what stagger them for a second or two you then attack with a low attack and vice versa and this combat is fun when in one-on-one fights when multiple enemies come at you at at the same time it becomes frustrating and annoying and i I just don't like it i don't think the combat 
feels good enough to deal with those types of scenarios. And I think because it is a 2D game, it you don't have the space to net it's like you know roll out of the way and stuff like that because i don't know if this is the game's choice like i don't understand rolling exactly because there were times where i'd roll into an enemy and then other times where i'd roll past an enemy and i could never understand why one would happen over the other and that was a little bit annoying like it it made it so that rolling was something i questioned doing because if you roll into an enemy one you'll stop right in front of them and they could just attack you you'll also drop your sword if you roll into an enemy like if you hit anything if you make impact you're going to drop your sword but dealing with multiple enemies at the same time wasn't fun like i just wish that the comet stayed one-on-one focus and that they just would change the way enemies are so that like you have to think about more than just you know blocking higher low and so i it's a game I wanted to like, I wanted to get into, but it just didn't really do anything for me. And I fell off of it pretty fast. So, bit of a bummer there. Story I don't really care about. You will pick up resources and whatnot that you can use to upgrade your character, get better armor and stuff like that. You have to heal yourself because you can bleed out depending on how weak you are. Um, yeah, and you, you will reach occasional bonfires that you light, and then that's where you can do all your jazz, upgrade things and whatnot. But uh, yeah, that is a game for a very specific type of person. And even then, you may or may not like it. I believe it's on Game Pass, so you can try it for free to see if it is your jam. So do that unless I'm remembering wrong. And then Haven, also a Game Pass game, is, I forget which one this is, who it's from, but... It is where you're playing as a couple in a futuristic setting with cel-shaded-esque visuals. Looks really, really good. It's very colorful. I love the look of it. That, that, I'm, I'm, I'm not finding the words because I'm like, do I just say right now that that's pretty much all I like about it? But that is pretty much all I like about it. I think it, I think it looks really good. Plays well enough, I guess, the when you're navigating the world because this is the game that was shown, I don't know, during maybe one of the Xbox showcases where like gl- you're gliding around this colorful world uh, through grass and all that kind of jazz. And it, it looked really nice and pleasant. And to an extent, that's what it is. It's, it's a nice and pleasant and somewhat relaxing. One of my biggest problems is that, like I said, you are this couple. You could switch between them at any point. I don't know if there's a difference to doing that, but I almost immediately stopped giving a shit about them. I don't care about them. I don't like them. I don't like the writing. I don't care about the story. I hate that they just have all this not banter, but just little bit of flavor dialogue within the world. So you are like you crash landed on a planet or whatever, and you need to fix your ship. And you go through these flow lines to get energy or whatever that you use for stuff. But then you also collect various resources for cooking, and you'll get to this thing where like you're going through this sludge, this rust, I think it's called, 
that you can use that you pick up the resources when you go through it and like there are the highlighted bits that will destroy little small sections and when you destroy all of them in a certain rust pile it'll just remove it all and you cleanse planets by doing that while also collecting the resource but the characters are always talking whenever you're doing something whenever you do an action they'll have a little comment to say and i could not give less shits about everything they were saying for instance like you could go and collect these berries or whatever and one of them will say oh is this for here or to go and i'm like fuck you shut up let me just do this and be quiet please i don't like anything you're saying and it's all of that level it's just like oh here's a little cute thing they're gonna say and for some people i'm sure they're gonna love it and the relationship between the two, I'm sure there are, there are people who will love it. This is also on Game Pass. And for me, it's just like, oh, God, I do not like I do not like these people. I do not like being around them. And it, it made it a little bit of a bummer. Like it, it was definitely one of the things that made me way less interested in staying in this world and exploring it. And then while the gliding mechanic, which is I think you hold the right trigger... And you can then just glide around the air. You you have to glide through these flow lines uh, to, to get the energy. And you just use that to navigate the space. The left trigger, I believe, drifts. Uh, you push, you, know, you put reverse on the, or you, you flip the, the left analog stick back to do a 180. And that feels fine. It's just, there's not much of note or interest to do in the world. When you get to a certain point and you get to these like rust things that have also contaminated the creatures, because you can run into creatures and you can just like scratch them or pet them or whatever, just interact with them and be like, oh, aren't you so cute? Like, the creatures look nice. But if you run into a contaminated one, the comet starts up. And I fucking hate the comet. I don't know if it changes at some point and is something different, but I'm assuming, given that this is a very specific type of comet system that. I can't think of anything similar in any game I've played recently or, or even ever. I fucking hate this system. It is so just boring and not to reuse the word, but tedious in its way. Like I, I really did not. So the way the combat works is that when you reach or when you get to a, a combat scenario against these contaminated creatures you will have both your characters on each side on the left side of the screen and the right side of the screen and i don't think you can select the the enemies uh these contaminated creatures i don't remember being able to do so i think it just automatically goes to like we're going to go after this one and the way it works is that both both characters have four actions and they both have the same actions they have like impulse then yeah, like a heavy attack or whatever, pacify and something else. And these are mapped to, for the one on the left side of the screen, the, the directional pad, the D-pad. And then for the character on the right side of the screen, the face buttons. And you hold them so that the, the meter for that action builds up and when it f- fills, up, fills up, then you let go and it performs the action. And so you are weakening these creatures until their health bar is depleted, and then you pacify them. And there is a 
slight cooldown for them to perform the action, and then when you can start building up the next action. So it's smart to have them going. And I mean, they have to go back and forth because they're going to be going after the same creature until that one is knocked down. Um, but like this system, it just fucking sucks. I, I really did not enjoy it. It was a bummer when it came out because it, like I don't I don't know what I expected from the combat in the game, or that there was even going to be a combat type of system. But what is what is there? It's just I. It is so far from enjoyable that I don't even have words right now to describe how much I did not like the combat. In it. But yeah, like the the world didn't do anything to really interest me, and I didn't like the combat, and then. The real icing on the cake, the the Achilles heel, the the killer for me, more so than anything, is just that, like I don't, I don't give a shit about these characters, and every time they're talking, I'm like, I don't care, I, I do not care about what you're saying or your relationship. Every, every now and again, you'll get choice. Like there's also a relationship meter between them, I guess, that builds up when you are doing bits of dialogue, but then also when you complete these fights and, and whatnot and be like, oh, you did it together. Here's a little bit of a boost to that. But it's just a pretty big bummer. Emphasis on the pretty. I do like the look of it. Like I said, it does look pretty pretty damn good. I like that. And then Call of the Sea is a first person adventure game um where you are a woman with some kind of skin disease. Your husband? I think it's your husband. I don't think it's your just your boyfriend. Your husband went off to find a cure for it on an island like 74 miles west or east of Tahiti or something like that. Whatever. It's a remote island. And you haven't heard from them in like three months or longer than that. So you go to Tahiti and try to find a way to, to get to the island and you eventually convince somebody this is all part of the story. You're not playing through any of this. And you then make yourself to the make yourself to the island, make your, your way to the island. And then you're just you're finding clues and trying to figure out what exactly happened and where everyone is and all that jazz. And it's it looks nice. And I enjoyed it. The voice acting, which is basically... The, the voice acting is mostly internal dialogue, but there's a fair amount of... Like, you coming across recorded tapes and stuff like that. But I think the voice acting is pretty good. Story. What story is there? Decent. Uh, I don't really have that much to say about it because I played through the first three chapters... I think there are six chapters in the game. And it's it's a really solid first person adventure game. You know, it's it looks good. The the visuals are nice and colorful because you're on this tropical island. So there's there's a lot of beauty to be seen there and, and, and all that. But I don't know, it just it's a first person adventure game. It's well done. It's on Game Pass. It's X and S, Series X and S, Enhance. So is Haven, which kind of surprised me because there's a fair amount of loading in Haven. And I was like, Jesus Christ, 
you're you're enhanced. Why am I loading between all these small areas? And why is the loading longer than I want it to be between these small areas? But yeah, Call of the Sea is good for what it is. Yeah, I mean the 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 main problem for me is that I guess it just there there's no standout thing about it. The puzzles weren't that interesting or that complex or anything like it is a like it's it's a game I think you could play on autopilot which is a negative I guess it's just you know you'll play through it probably take you I don't know four hours to get through the game and then you'll be like okay that, that was that was a fine time it's not a waste of your time but it's not like a game you're going to remember in a month's time or whatever. You know, it's perfectly fine, but nothing about it is particularly standout. Uh, yeah. Then Evolution, the, the game based on the board game, is about evolution and creatures and all that jazz. And the way it works is that you have your various species and you're trying to score the most points uh, when all is said and done, when the game is over and they tally up all the points, which you get by eating plant food, eating meat, by uh, eating other creatures, if you have a carnivorous creature on your side, by the the number of species you have left when the game is over and the number of traits your species have. So it is a turn-based card. It is a turn-based card game. You know, board card game. And the way it works is that you, at the beginning of every round, you will sacrifice a card and there will be a little number on it. And that number will indicate how much food you're going to put into the pond, uh, plant food that you're going to put into the pond. And your opponent does this as well. And when... The round is ready to go, but but before the round starts, like you do that initially, so that that's already set into play. Uh, but you don't see what the outcome of that is until after you then make all your moves for your specific turn. And what you can do is create a new species. You can place a trade card on a species, and a trade card can be anything from taking more than one food at a time with a turn during a round. Uh, getting of some food automatically, not being able to be targeted by carnivorous creatures unless they can climb uh, and other such things. You can increase the population of a animal, of a creature, which means they will require more food. And then you can increase the size of a uh, creature. And... This is done by basically sacrificing a card for either thing. So you'll you'll take a card and instead of using it as a trade card, you'll or to create a new species, you'll use it to lift up the population by one or create the increase the size by one. Population is important to for getting more of those food points and all that jazz. And then size is important because a carnivorous creature can only attack those who are smaller than them so if they if if the opposing player has a carnivorous creature of 
size three, they can only attack and eat your creatures if they are size two or, or less. So that is important in that type of play. But once you've played all your cards and have everything set up, then you turn over the two cards for the pawn for the food, and there could be negative numbers on there, there could be high numbers or whatever. You, you do the calculation, and then the pond is filled with all this food, and then it's turn base uh, for the rest of the round where it's like, okay, what are you gonna do for it? You're gonna take some food from the pond with one of your creatures. Are you gonna take? Are you gonna attack uh, one of the opponents' herbivores? Or I think you can attack a carnivore with another carnivore if the size discrepancy is still, you know, is, is there. And you just go back and forth until no more moves can be played. Uh, and in some cases, a carnivorous creature will have to attack one of your own, which is a interesting mechanic. But uh, if there is nothing for the carnivore to eat, they will lose a population. I don't. I can't remember if they lose a population or if they just completely die. But you just do all this, and then when you've gone through all the rounds and you you finish a, a game, you you count up how many points you have through all through the various ways you can score through eating plant food, eating meats, how many traits you have on your still living species, and how many species you have alive. And it's pretty simple and straightforward. I think I think the tutorial does a really good job of teaching you the basics of the game, and it is pretty basic. And and the game itself works pretty well as a translation of the board game. Uh, the one of the, the highlights of the board game, though, is the the beautiful art. And while that does exist in the game, it, it there there's no like. Seeing the art in person on cards and all that is it just it looks fucking great. Like it's one of my favorite board games from a visual standpoint because it's just such a beautiful board game to look at uh, and all the art on the cards. And yeah, that is in the 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 digital version, but you know it's just not the same. But if you're if you're looking for a board game uh, and one that's pretty simple and straightforward and uh, Evolution is definitely worth checking out, you know. And, and and the games don't take that long. It's not like playing a game of Monopoly or something. So it it is good for portable play and stuff like that as well. Then that is it in terms of the new stuff I've been playing. I just wrapped up Doom twenty sixteen for Attack the Backlog, and I had a really really good time with it. I did see if multiplayer was still happening on Xbox. It is absolutely not, which was. Not so much a bummer, but somewhat surprising. Maybe, I don't think it's on Game Pass now, but when the Bethesda deal goes in and all that jazz, maybe then it'll be on Game Pass and people mess around with the, the multiplayer. But I, I try to game against bots in the practice mode or whatever. And like, yeah, I don't really I don't really care about this. I mess around a little bit with the, the, snap, the snap maps or whatever they're called. Those are fine. But the game itself was such a good time. It took a little bit of warming up to and just getting used to it and, and the the style of play it needs. But like I th- I think the the base difficulty hurt me playing or whatever the medium difficulty is 
right around perfect. Like it, it's not too challenging. It's not too easy. Once you get a few upgrades under your belt, uh, I definitely recommend going for ammo for for yeah, just ammo. I think that's what it's called for ammo first and foremost, so that you don't have to worry so much about finding ammo, so that your your max capacity is increased. I that is what I focused on, and that made enemy encounters way less stressful because initially on it's just like fucking man, I'm running out of ammo almost immediately, and then I have to use this stupid pistol. But these these small array of weapons are fun. The attachments are good. Like it's just it's super fun. The music is fucking incredible. Like it it's I I knew I liked Doom music, but playing this game like I think the Doom I think the mu the music is the most crucial part of the entire game because that is what makes every enemy encounter so exciting and thrilling. Like without the music, if you muted them, like it would almost be a fun experiment to play the game with the music completely muted. I I just I think that would be a fucking miserable time. Like it, it would be so much worse of an experience. Like it'd still be fun because the gameplay is fun. It's it's a fun game on a gameplay standpoint, but just like the music is what makes it special. And yeah, I'll talk about it much more in depth in the episode of Attack the Backlog, which I'll be writing the script for after I'm done recording this because I wanted to get this this podcast done. But uh, on the docket for future Attack the Backlog episodes is that I think I'm going to follow up Doom 2016 with The Quiet Man, then Demon Souls on PlayStation 5, the, the remake, because I wanted an excuse to play that. And guess what? I never really played Demon Souls on PS3. The, the place, like just with the Resident Evil 2, this is my way of playing with the, the, the Demon Souls. So I don't want anybody, anyone to be like, oh, that's not, that's not real. That's not a backlog because it's a new game. I don't care. Keep your glasses away from your face. Don't push them up. Leave them there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I want to play something new and pretty on my PlayStation 5. And I really, really, really want to play Demon Souls. So I think I'm going to do that. And then I forgot what I said. Like, I think Kingdom Hearts 1 is going to happen sometime soon. But I, I think in between Demon Souls and Kingdom Hearts, I'm going to play another shorter game. And I'm not sure what that is. I want to, I need, I need to throw Return of the Overden in there somewhere. But in between Demon Souls and Kingdom Hearts will be something. Or I'll just keep putting Kingdom Hearts off. I don't know. But yeah, Quiet Man will be interesting. If you don't remember what that game is, it is the game we were playing as a deaf person by Square Enix. And it uh, wasn't supposed to be good. I'm going to see what I think about it. And my plan is to just... <laughs> my plan is to make the entire focus of that episode. Unless I end up really liking the game or something. But I plan to just compare and contrast the quiet man the game with the quiet man the john wayne movie where he goes back to ireland and courts a lady and it's all about her dowry and whatnot uh which is it's not a bad movie as far as john wayne movies go i'm not a huge john wayne fan but whatever 
then uh yeah that, that's it in terms of what i've been playing just uh, some watching stuff i realized i don't like doors a day which isn't some big deal or anything but rewatching your stuff i'm like yeah she's kind of like the sandra bullock of her time for me in that any movie that is good is good in spite of her i just find her so incredibly annoying but at the same time, I don't think any movie is good enough in spite of her that I ever want to watch them again. Like I, I was watching Pillow Talk, and I'm like, huh, I don't really like this. And like, I don't know if she's, if I would call her as annoying as Sandra Bullock, or maybe I would. I don't know. like. I was watching Pillow Talk, and I'm like, man, this really isn't doing that much for me. And then I started watching. Love her come back. And I was like, ah, no. Then send me no flowers. And I'm like, no, 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 not this either. Then the thrill of it all. And I'm like, yeah, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not there for the Doors Day anymore. Like I, when I originally watched them, I remember liking them. And I watched them again. I'm like, oh, no, 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 no. And then the bigger, not so much of a surprise, because it kind of felt like with the amount of time has passed. I I rewatched 500 Days of Summer and it's just not my jam. When I watched it originally, when it originally came out, I was I just turned 23 or so. I'm 34 now. Lots changed, my mentality is different and I'm just while watching like fucking I don't want to I don't want to be around these miserable people. Just Gordon Levitt is a fucking miserable fuck and he is such a self-centered, needy piece of shit. I don't like him. And then Zoe Deschanel's character is... she She's not much of anything. They don't really f- flesh her out into anything other than, okay, she doesn't want to be in relationships. That's what we know about her. And yeah, I mean, we don't get, we don't get anything about her to really like her or d- dislike her per se. But I don't really care about her either. And it's just like, I don't I don't give a shit about your relationship. I don't want to see you two together. And I'm fucking, I'm just miserable being around you. Especially love its character. I'm just like, fucking, I don't, fucking just move on. Fucking get over it. Piece of shit. And yeah, I'm just like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to deal with this people. Uh, with this person specifically. I'm just like, yeah. It is a, a movie that I think I really liked at the time because you know, it does some creative things visually, and that's fun. And the music is fantastic, and it has its moments. But I was more of a miserable fuck back then, and I'm still like a miserable person. But I'm like, I think I'm I'm uh, I'm accepted of who I am now, or for a while now, or just like, yeah, like I am this way and that way but like I don't really care it just is who I am whereas I kind of relished in my misery and you know that was like not that long after I had my own breakup so I probably could relate to uh, being a a needy little person I don't know but yeah 500 days of summer not my jam I also watched Enchanted and I maybe watched like a half hour and I'm like yeah I don't like this and I thought to myself, you know what? I 
don't think outside of a handful of sports movies that I really like live action Disney movies. I like Mary Poppins and then a handful of Disney movies. I don't, I guess The Rocketeer counts as a Disney movie, whatever, than that one too. But yeah, I don't, I don't like a lot of live action. I could, don't like any of these remakes. I, I was watching Mulan and I lasted maybe 15 minutes where I'm just like, this is fucking stupid. I really don't like this. I'm not even going to bother watching any more of this. I didn't, I didn't like the animated one all that much anyway. And that's why I thought, like, maybe I'll, I'll like the live action one. But I didn't. So, yeah. That, that's hit in terms of what I've been watching. Uh, I'm excited about upcoming Blu-ray releases of Holiday Affair and A Shop Around the Corner. So those are coming out next week and the week after. So that'll be that'll be good. But uh yeah, that is it and all in terms of what I've been playing and what I've been watching and, and all that jazz. Uh you will be hearing this, of course, after the game awards. Hopefully you watch them. I mean you don't have to watch them, but if you did, I hope you enjoy them. Hopefully we do get some cool announcements that really surprise a lot of us. So the only thing I know for sure we're getting is the next Smash character, which could be fun. And you know, a lot of people are out there screaming Sora, 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 Sora. So, yeah. Sora, 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 Sora. Anywho, that will do it for this episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am Mark Krishnes. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sausage. The site is, of course, pixelatedsausage.com, where you can find this podcast, Attack the Backlog, and Unamazingly Baka, all of which are available on podcast services across the globe. You can also check out the art I make on the site, and if you see something you like, you can purchase the print of the piece you fancy. And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash pxs and support us that way. As always, thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed this here episode, and I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful rest of your day and an absolutely lovely week and especially Leslie. I don't know who you are, which show or shows you listen to, but you are the newest subscriber, whatever, member of the Patreon. I don't know. I don't have many, so I don't know what to call you people, but you, you made my day by becoming a patron and I have no idea who you are, where you're from, what you listen to, but thank you, thank you very, very much. I am sorry I didn't thank you on the last show because it, it was in time I could have. I just completely, it just slipped my mind. But thank you for your support. It is beyond appreciated. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, Leslie, who I can't stop thinking about Nielsen. Fun fact, I realize I don't really like a Naked Gun or Airplane. Or the Austin Powers movies. Parody movies that are like more skit-based and feel like a bunch of Saturday Night Live sketches strung together. They just don't work for me anymore, apparently. I, I enjoy parodies that are more structured, like a traditional movie. Like Hot Fuzz and whatnot. Like Hot Fuzz is fucking... Hot Fuzz is so good. Man, I love Hot Fuzz. But if it's just like, hey, here's a, here's a joke and a punchline... Let's move on to another joke and a punchline. They just get exhausting. Like they they have their moments where it's like, yeah, this is this is great, but the, there's too much downtime in those movies, where or or jokes that don't 
hit. But uh, yeah, this is the actual end. Anywho, again, thank you for listening. Hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful day again and a wonderful weekend. Bye!